The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Legends of Tomorrow After Show viewers, this is the 637th time we've done this after show. We are stuck in a time loop. We've got 40 minutes to figure out who and what is responsible for this. Help us, won't you? You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. This is the 637th time we've heard this intro. Hey everybody, welcome to, Legends- done <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Legends of Tomorrow After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. We're breaking down every episode of Season 3, Episode 11 in this case particular. Here I go again. I'm one of your host, Frank Brand. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HappyGoJackie. And I'm sorry, I'm a big White Snake and David Coverdale fan. <laughs> um, and I'm Lucretia Lyons. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. And I am Lex Michael, all over social media at the Lex Michael. Real quick, up top, want to shout out Michaela, friend of the show. Hey, Michaela. Uh, got me uh, as a gift this sweet, sweet bit of uh, Legends of Tomorrow swag. I do not believe this is officially licensed. But it is a uh, Mick the Vampire Slayer t-shirt. It's got a little cartoon. Wait, stand I'm gonna... Yeah, stand up and show yeah. it off. Here we go. Ready? Ready, ready? Yeah. There, there it is. Beautiful. That's my chest and torso. Uh, it's got a little cartoon McRory on it. He's chasing down a little, little vampire guy. And in big lettering, it says, You dead, vampire. And then under there, it's got a little, in like the Buffy font, it says, Mick the Vampire Slayer. Anyway, thanks, Michaela. I like that they made the vampire very proper with a little bow tie and everything. On right. There. And he almost looks like a little doll person. Yeah. Which makes me feel sympathetic. Yeah, it's a cute little vampire. It's a shame that he's got to yeah. go. Which, like, you know, though, the cuteness factor uh, ratchets up, makes rage exponentially. <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the fourth member of our panel, the the lovely, the esteemed Mr. Dave Child, he is away this evening. He's actually dancing. He's dancing for people's enjoyment. Could yeah. be yours if you're actually uh, there watching it now and you're watching this again later. Uh, but you know what? Next week is his birthday. I want to say this up top. We want uh, lots of birthday cards for Mr. Dave Child. Overwhelm them. So yeah. yes, overwhelm them. And you know, you're saying, well, where can I send these? We have no idea where to send them. You know what? Lucretia has an address. You could send these too. Yes, it is one zero six one five. Burbank Boulevard in North Hollywood, California, 91601. That's right. It's going to be sent directly to AfterBuzz. We'll pick them up and then we'll read them to Dave on air next Tuesday night. It'll be exciting. Yes, and uh, obviously the physical mail will get priority, but if uh, mailing stuff is, is hard, it's strenuous. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. like I don't know about you, but like, i got to walk downstairs yep. to get to my mailbox both ways, outgoing and incoming. So uh, if that's, if that's uh, too, uh, you feel trepidatious about sending physical mail, uh, you can use a hashtag, right? Like tweet, tweet yes. at all of us. Use the hashtag uh, Happy Birth Dave. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Use the hashtag Happy Birth Dave. If you don't, obviously physical cards preferred, but use the hashtag Happy Birth Dave uh, at 
us in it, and we can we can do it that way also. That'll be lovely. You know, touch his heart. We'll see if we can make a grown man cry next week here <laughs> on the Legends of Toronto After Show. That is the goal, guys. <laughs> that is right. So, uh, as mentioned, that we're stuck in a time loop for Here I Go Again. Uh, not an unusual uh, trope to use in any kind of science fiction type show. Uh, in terms of the time loop episodes themselves, where does this kind of stack up into ones? I'm sure, uh, like Chris is already going to say, well, Supernatural did it best. But. <laughs> yeah, I did already make the Asia reference. But yeah, and, and the chat already was talking about Mystery Spot. And I will say, just the, you know. Heat of the moment. Every morning when um, he has to, Sam has to wake up to Dean doing that, that's pretty funny. But I, I still love Groundhog Day. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm not. So wait, the yeah. what is the name of the? That's the supernatural one that you were it, just referencing. It's the mystery spot is the name of the episode. Okay, and then um, so one of the jokes is they play the Asia song "Heat of the Moment" over every time Sam wakes up and Dean's singing at him and dancing like. Yeah. Okay, still yeah. have never it's seen fun. an episode of Supernatural, yeah. folks. Don't at me about that. Only at me about uh, Dave's birthday. Okay, okay, so now in this moment, I'm really... So I know Buffy did one. Mm. And I'm sure, obviously, this is one of the oldest... Like you were saying, this is one of the oldest tropes there is if if you have time travel as an element in your show. Yes. I'm or sure if you Flash don't, must have done one, right? Like, we're into the fourth year of Flash. They must have had I one of these. One, I, know, yeah. I know recently Star Trek Discovery did one this season, uh, back before its mid-winter uh, break. Uh, they did one, uh, you know, it's uh, Star Trek Next Generation. Yeah, Ray mentions that yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. Another show that I've not yeah. seen very much <gasps> of. I, so I'm a fan. Is God, man. I'm not, I'm not like st- Star Trek, boo, nerd no. stuff. Um, no, I'm actually I'm a fan of the original series, and I just never fully made the jump. I've watched the first season, a bunch of the first season. I know most people are like, well, you got to give it into the second season it's when it really picks up. I intend to. I just haven't really gone back to it. Plus, it's a big commitment because once I've watched two treks. Now I feel like I, I, I have to start watching the other treks, and that's yeah. going to take me, what, 76 years to get through every season of every Star Trek that there is? So I'm, I keep putting it on. When I run out of all other TV that there is, well, I will watch all the Star Treks. Well, maybe if you're stuck in a time loop, you'll get it all done. That's, that's, why, I, that's why I need it. You need a personal time loop. And right. the uh, chat seems to agree that you definitely need to watch uh, Supernatural. But aren't there, like, 40 seasons of Supernatural? <laughs> there are 13 seasons. We're in 13 now. The creature would hope that there yeah. are 40 seasons. Yeah, uh, only. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will That's... watch that show. I turned 30 this year, and I am requesting a Supernatural-themed birthday party, in case you guys are, are wondering. So realistically, Lucretia, if Supernatural yeah. did get 40 seasons, so you're 65, and yeah. it's still going strong, are you excited you're just going to be there every yeah. whatever night it's airing on the CW at that moment? Exactly. I'll watch the CW till I die. And I at that point, right, like both of them are, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Jensen Ackles and yeah. uh, Jared Padalecki, Lucky. they're both like right in their 60s, they're like 65 or something, right? And Silver like they, Foxes. And they're, yeah. But they raise the next generation of supernaturalers, and they're like the older Bruce Wayne in Batman Beyond. That go. is one of my, as I say, I love aging superheroes, and I still watch Ash vs. Evil Dead and love everything Bruce Campbell does, especially Bubba Hotep. So the fact that you guys think I wouldn't watch that show, it would be better. I fucking love the Golden Girls. Like, oh, I love now, now we're going to oh, mark wow. this show explicit. Oh, whoops. Oops. Yeah, Do we have slip. like an alarm sound or <laughs> something like that? I love... Old people, and I was right. like, the, the older they get, the better they get. Welcome to show. After Buzz TV's Old People After yeah. Show, That's where right. we talk about our favorite <laughs> octogenarians. Yeah. As the casket, as the cruise's casket's being lowered, it'll be playing in the heat yeah. of the moment. 
<laughs> just lowering down right there. <laughs> Actually, my brother and I have a pack that it's from Eastbound and Down that we have to play I'm Still Alive uh, by Pearl Jam and our funeral <laughs> on a boombox. Like holding it up, say anything yep. style? Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. who's Goose and who's Maverick. So, so when it gets to a time loop, though, yes. I feel like the thing yeah. is, because uh, you're aware, uh, you've, uh, you've seen episodes that have time loops. In oh, them, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I always feel like the interesting thing is, like, how short, what's the, the parameters of the time loop itself? Right. And then how do you start fleshing out the rest of the characters' involvement in that particular loop and kind of showing different facets of them each time it goes around. Right. How did you How did you guys think it, it succeeded on those fronts? So the window was what, about an hour? Uh, yeah. 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 Um, that, that was it, Lucretia? <laughs> yeah, that's, but in terms of succeeding and fleshing out the rest of the characters. No, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, overall, I thought overall, I thought this episode was absolutely delightful. Um, and I think it's a very funny episode, and I think almost all of the humor, and this is to the show's credit very much so because this requires very strong foundational writing all of the humor came from character interactions and pre-established character dynamics and relationships and so we got to see really interesting like the fact that mick is an aspiring novelist (laughs) and he's writing some weird like pseudo erotic science fiction story and apparently it's very long and zari has time to read the entire thing and give him some constructive criticism i'm very glad that he's like he's committed to following his passion yeah because it'd be one thing to write it and be terrible at it but even though it's kind of in mix uh, kind of aggressive language it still is a really good story yeah. I would say like and I get he's trying to keep it like he's booby trapped his whole thing <laughs> of course like, he was ready to kill people literally kill like <laughs> potentially kill his teammates which he did multiple times it's just yes. we keep time looping out of it um to protect this thing, so I guess that's why maybe at no point did he ask Gideon to help him become a better typist. That's the one thing that was killing me, is watching him do these little uh, single-finger keystrokes on his thing. Especially because you know dude's been pounding beers for hours while he's trying to write. After your, like, ninth or twelfth beer, this, the single-finger keystroke, like, you're going to literally pass out on your thing. It's not going to keep you, it's not going to keep it flowing very well that that was killing me the rest of it I'm very happy for him yeah that's lex's beef (laughs) that's that's right i guess it's more dude typing lessons um but it does track for me because he was he was ready to murder his friends to make sure that nobody knew about this book i love there's a bear trap and then of course bunch of steel gets caught in it (laughs) it's like you put a bear trap when you live on a time ship that's right Uh, but that's a very long-winded way of answering your question which is like yes i really i adored uh the the different ways in which we got to explore uh individual characters quirks little things that they were keeping secret from the rest of the team and in a delightful change of pace for a cw show the little secrets that they were keeping from each other were like nice fun things that they were just holding on to for themselves it wasn't like i I can't tell you that i killed your dad or like whatever these types of secrets normally are that they keep from each other yeah they were non-cw secrets except for maybe like nick and amaya had hooked back up but i love how that was even a secret from them because they kept flashing each other so they forget which is so profoundly unhealthy (laughs) that also that can't be good for your for your brain after a certain number of these. Well, on Chuck, that actually does turn out pretty bad, and that's why the ending's really sad, guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, you brought up a painful memory. Let's talk about happy times. That's right. Yeah, like, Ray was adorable. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, this all starts off, we get to see uh, Zari. This is a big spotlight on her, because she's been part of the Legends team for this, uh, this whole season, but uh, I guess if you looked at it right now, she's never really kind of 
fit in sorts. It's always been kind of at, at a distance, so to speak. Well, I would say, and, and either one of you feel free to disagree, but I felt, and I, I shared this sentiment with a couple people that I talked to about this episode. After this episode, and testament to the writing of this individual episode, it, she now feels like an integral part of this unit in a way that I, I agree we hadn't firmly established before. Um, I, I find it, yeah, really impressive that in one hour she now feels somewhat indispensable, not necessarily just because she's now become de, de facto mechanic, I guess, um, but just what she brings to that, to that family. Uh, and they did it in a really sneaky way because it really did feel like all of a sudden, boom, yeah, oh, I just realized that, oh, this this unit doesn't function without her. Yeah, because that's what I liked is her character moment, you know, came after several loops of this, getting to know everybody. But it was because these initially started out with her butting heads with Sarah. And that's why I liked that it was Sarah and what she thought about her behind closed doors is what pushed her into realizing she was part of the team. And that that was a good character moment for both of them and shows us what a good leader Sarah really is. Yeah. The, the scene where they overhear the the phone call um, and, and yeah. right, you get you get some of Sarah, like, believing that she's doing so in, in private. You get, like, yeah, a bit of her honest mm-hmm. feeling about Zari. But my favorite thing about that scene was the vis- This is so delightful. The visual of Ray tiny as the atom <laughs> flying around and then Zari tiny using her little wind powers to follow him around. Just more of that. That, that was adorable. And um, Renji90998 says, if Sarah's the mom of the team, then Zari is the rebellious teenage daughter. I'm sorry. Sarah is the dad and Ray is the mom. <laughs> like it, it is pretty obvious because Ray is the compassionate, nurturing one, and Sarah is the the get business done one. You know, so I think it is a little flipped, and so, that's why I like it. Even though we're calling it a time loop episode, it is a little bit of a twist on that too. How far into the episode did you realize, like, oh wait a minute, I bet you this isn't really a time loop. I bet they were. It has something to do with the simulation and Gideon's messing with her. On it, so I wasn't actively thinking about it at any point, so I didn't necessarily call that ahead of time and when that reveal happens i went okay yeah 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 and i started backfilling a lot of it in my head yeah and it tracks that yeah gideon you really don't have privacy from gideon on that ship i mean i bet if you were rip hunter you might have been able to figure out a way to keep yourself private from gideon like didn't he have like a secret weird weird, like porn dungeon or something (laughs) it was a weapons room but you know i mean weapons porn i guess yeah it was full of pictures (laughs) Uh, of gideon as a person like like, so but if you're not rip hunter you probably don't get privacy from gideon anywhere so i like that even though none of it was real it doesn't necessarily invalidate anything that we saw in fact she's then able to address some of the things that happened during the simulated loop in a way that hopefully will affect everybody in a positive way going forward so in a way it really the episode got to got to have it both ways true because you feel like gideon has seen all of them talk either ray uh hear the hear over gideon's already able, able to overhear it's a long word mm. sentence i try to put together over here constantine and ray say uh, address that issue with sarah so she's got that knowledge and i'm sure she's seen amaya and nick uh nate hook up sometimes so she's able to extrapolate that too yeah, and to Mitch with the novel, she would be seeing that. And that's what I liked is, as she said, none of this is actually fake. A lot of this, you know, is just me putting together these things that, you know, would have obviously been a natural transgression. And you're like, huh. And that's what I liked is, like, I, was like Lex, was just watching, like, oh, what is this? Didn't think Gideon was behind it at all, but it was a nice surprise because it is cool to see Gideon in human form. 
That's true. Yeah. That's something we get to see all the time. Right. I do forget sometimes that there is an actress that plays Gideon. That's true. I'm so used to this AI voice. Like it might. It's just a really nuanced Siri sometimes when I'm watching the show. So it is nice to be reminded, yes, there is actually somebody behind this voice who is just as big uh, a part of this ensemble, the DNA of the show, as anybody else. You just never physically see her. And one thing I did like about it, because they said it at the beginning where Gideon is very un... Uh, feels like there's really no trust earned between her and Zari. So even though she wants to run the simulation kind of uh, behind the backs of the rest of the legends, Gideon's not on board with it. But I also feel like this is an opportunity to show the show that Gideon wanted to help Zari trust the legends, but then also for Gideon to also understand, wait, no, Zari, Zari, you know, she does have some merits to this because she's a... If they want to succeed in this mission, Zari still needs to stay with them as well. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like, yes, I, yes. I agree. Yeah. But you know, how do I tag on to that? I don't know, but I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to hope Lucretia ends yes. after I yes. Um, as I, as I love to do, and I'll just yes and with this, um, Luna Malfoy seven in the chat. I like how they didn't drag out Ray keeping what Constantine told him from Sarah. Yes. Was so annoying. And yeah. that was the thing too, is Gideon being a part of this was actually helping as well, getting some of these things more out in the open. Yeah. I, I'm glad the, the show will surprise you on just how long or how short that they'll keep something mm. kind of hidden from other characters. Well, on on any of the other shows in the Arrowverse, <laughs> this would be a half a season long secret. Like oh, yeah. you wouldn't find out about it till probably the penultimate episode, and that's why uh, I, uh, it's not really spoilers because now the secret's way way out. They're bringing Constantine back for the finale. Oh yeah, yeah. that's uh, you'd get it like in the penultimate episode. This would be revealed, and it would only be revealed because suddenly she gets possessed again, and now Ray suddenly has to tell everybody some information that would have been way more useful yesterday. Yes. So I appreciate a great deal that just real quick, it's like, guys, talk to each other. They did. Uh, Sarah was like, you're right. That makes total sense. Let's go. That's why I like Sarah as a leader. Is she... You know, had been a stubborn character in the past, especially on Arrow sometimes. But then, you know, but that was what you liked about her. But on here, no, she's just perfectly reasonable. Yep. Yeah, you should kill me if that happens. Like, don't worry about that. All right. It's like, that's who we need as a leader. Someone who's reasonable. I feel like, uh, well, I mean, I think of all the legends from where Sarah first started on Arrow to now. I think her character has made such a growth and evolution over the course of that time. And... she is so good at being captain of this ship that sometimes I forget how good, like I start to take for granted that she's just that good. And I have to, through the prism of that, that long form character arc that you're describing, I have to sometimes take a step back and remind myself, yeah, how far she has come, not just to be a a leader, but also essentially, yeah, like one of the parent figures of this little motley family. But that, too, is – it's so I, – I say this sometimes across, like, all of these – anytime I'm talking about these shows. It's incredible to me that we are now so many seasons deep on so many of these interconnected shows that you have a real history that you can draw from, reference, use to inform, uh, whether it's whether it's uh, character development or even if it's just a, a really cute moment. Like, uh, Zari playing with all the team's stuff yeah, and, and putting on the hawk helmet, <laughs> right? Like – that's I haven't I don't know about you guys I haven't thought about the Hawk people in two years. That was cute and it was cute without we don't have to go back into that well we don't have to sit in that storyline but we can have a cute moment like that that's informed by the history these characters and these these adventures all have like all of that groundwork that's already been laid. That's cool shit. Mm-hmm. For her to have that conversation with Zari about uh, how she uh, would love to bring back Laurel if she could, every single day she thinks about her, but having that wisdom of having gone through all those adventures and know I can't go back and change that just for my own selfish benefit, it would be 
there can be too many other repercussions. Well, and that's what I like, though. Is she goes, but I'm the past, you know, I'm the past, and that's the past, but you're the future. We may be able to save this. Like, and having that hope as well, and trying to see about figuring that out, because that does make sense. Saving Zari's family may not change anything. Yeah. But I, uh, I, at least I like that there's hope, as yeah. opposed to, say, season one with the Hawks, where it's like, there's nothing you can do. We're fated to be together. We're like, we had to watch that all season long. Right. Like, it's oh, like, we're, we're putting okay. a lot of time into this <laughs> yes. thing that's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the little montage. Now, yes. I feel like every, every episode that has like a little time loop to it has to do that little funny montage. Well, they, and they even hit it on the head. Yes. Like, Nate's like, did you do the, the fun montage? Yeah. Uh, I did not find this that, I, I was hoping for something better. Oh, I thought it was cute. I thought yeah. like that wearing a Hawk Girl's helmet was great, but. Uh, I thought it was cute. Uh, I liked her playing with the gun. I also like that she knows if she completely trashes a room or something. Doesn't matter. Just wait twenty minutes and it's going to reset anyway. And I love whenever Ray and Mick are doing laundry and she just had the uh, cards for what they were saying. Like it was a silent film. That was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> like I like this bit. Uh, so well, we go through all the uh, the characters there. So we've got uh, Nate and Amaya. They've been fighting their feelings, but they hook up on this mission beforehand. Uh, which actually, one other tangent. Do you not wish that we would have seen what this mission was just for the outfits alone? They, oh, yeah, because they, they made a, a video. video. Yes. Yeah, and that was a fun video, yeah. I, uh, and the fact that they're all dressed up in this, and then, and then Mick is dressed up like Napoleon. It was great. Great, <laughs> yeah. great, great. Well, everyone else looked like they were going to an ABBA show. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like And that, that was a lot of jokes throughout, <laughs> like a, a lot of ABBA songs and things were referenced, so yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like I'm happy with Nate, uh, Nate and Maya getting back together. How do you guys feel? Um, so... I get being being with Zari outside the room and listening to them power up as they get intimate. Yeah, that's it. That's all I need. That's all I need in this life. See, this is what I love because I have always wanted more alien sex on Supergirl (laughs) or you know superhero sex because it is funny. Like that was one of the you know the one of the lighter moments about Jessica Jones is like the superhero sex, and that's why it's like okay, that's funny, guys. Just make some jokes, make some references, and thank you. You know, because because as I say. Just play with it. It's funny. And it's it's a tough yeah. thing to execute in any yeah. sort of detail on the scale that they have to with these superhero stories. But you know every single person wants to see super-powered sex. Even if they're not – even if it's not like for titillation purposes. It's just something to see. Right, if you aren't fascinated by what that may entail, you are lying to yourself and to me and I don't <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> Yeah, because right. that's the thing. It's like, you know, you may not be that interested in the Winchester Ministry House per se, but you're like, okay, well, I kind of want to see that now. Like, you're like, what is it? You're just curious. And, that's how we are about superhero sex. Right, and that's not how yeah. I want all of this stuff yeah. to be all <laughs> the time, mind you. I just, every so often, I feel like it's worth... But you know what's going to happen? Eventually, the superhero bubble is going to—it's not going to burst, I don't think—but the heat's going to simmer down a little bit. And pretty soon, like when studios are trying to figure out, like what what can we do to like to keep people coming back, butts in seats? We tried crossing over the, the Avengers with the Justice League, and everybody was like, I'm, "This is exhausting." So what do we do? Deadpool was a hit. There's sex in that. How about everybody does it? And like, it's going to happen. One day, if we all survive long enough, on a long enough timeline, all of the superheroes have sex with each other on the big screen. 
<laughs> yeah, as I said, you know, it's like True Blood. That's what that show became, and it was just fine. What are we talking about this? <laughs> yeah. I feel like yeah. you and I were texting yes, each other last night about, about this episode. said the same thing. You're like, eventually everyone's just going to do it. I'm like, then you'll wind like, up like True Blood. You were like, huh. I want to love Triangle. And I was like, no, no, I want to love Dodecahedron with every character on the show involved mutually to the same extent. Yeah, I and, just said I wanted a triangle between Gideon, Zari, and Rip because I thought that there was a lot of chemistry between Zari and Gideon, and we all know that Rip uh, loves her. So I'm <laughs> like, you know what? I, I could go with this. This is funny. Yeah, but is Rip getting involved or is he just watching? <laughs> Do you know what? This is going yeah. off the rails. I'm calling it right now. All right. The next crossover is going to be four nights of that. Uh. Yep. Luckily, I already said the F word. We've already marked this explicit. So, <laughs> uh, now speaking of four nights, though, Frank's I, so desperate to get us off of that line yes. of conversation. <laughs> we're going, we're going down the rabbit hole. Guys, gotta pull out. Uh, <laughs> That's what she. Yes, said. right. That's uh, so. As we said, four nights of programming, but the CW announced that they're going to actually be jumping up to uh, programming uh, six nights a week. So, uh, with su- adding Sundays into their lineup, so that is. Wait, Wait, go back. What are you, what are you telling me? Yeah, CW is adding, adding, adding Sunday nights to the yeah. lineup, so that's. A- I don't have time for this. <laughs> Lex is very upset by this news. I don't have time <laughs> to keep up with all of the shows I keep up with now. So this could easily turn into a, a five episodes a week kind of endeavor. Now so wait, have- what are they gonna? Are they gonna run? Hang on. So are they going to run Supergirl at the same time as the rest of these shows? And then you've got the four already, and then you've got Black Lightning. Are well, they adding more? They that, haven't uh, said. But, yeah. yeah. They still have to wait and see how these... They've yeah. ordered a bunch of pilots as well. So it all depends on how all that shakes up, too, is, uh, to see how they want to kind of juggle everything when together. Every, every time one of these gets announced, I feel equal parts uplifted and downtrodden. Uplifted because I always want more of this. Always. All the time. Downtrodden because because life is finite and I only have so much time to go around, Frank. Well, uh, and that's why I've suggested that maybe show, like Legends and maybe one of the other ones be a summer show. Because like, you know, people think that that's a death sentence but actually some of the top TV shows have always started in the summer. Seinfeld, Sex and the City. I mean, guys, we're still watching TV then. It's not like most of us are on vacation the entire summer. So I could see that working better than having them on six nights a week. The brutal part of this is they could run four shows a night, seven nights a week, and I'd have to find a way to watch all of them. You if, can do they it, were, if they had powers and funny costumes, I'd have to find a way to watch every single one because apparently, as we're discovering, have some kind of problem. <laughs> well, in terms of at least the, the the pilots that they announced, none of them really tie into the big uh, CWDC universe kind of uh, the Berlantiverse. Yeah. So yeah. So in, in terms of uh, adding any to that, so I mean, you know, like, what's, could, the, what's how realistically how many seasons do you think they let Black Lightning go before they're like, why would we not put this character in a room with all the other? Characters? Oh, I bet you next season we get a big yeah. crossover. But in terms of adding more, a whole new series into the mix, I, don't, I think we're probably just going to stay at five. Unless it's Justice League Dark, starring John Constantine, Zatanna, Swamp Thing, um, Etrigan the Demon, like Dead Man. Because actually, Robert Palmer Watkins, they had suggested he could be Dead Man, and you know. But aren't they right. still aren't they still trying to convince us all that they're actually going to make a Justice League Dark movie? So I feel like a lot of those characters, except Constantine, who like snuck in, uh, I feel like a lot of them are probably off the table for well, the moment. I don't believe in that that nonsense. I, I mean, uh, like, it's like, in principle, well, I'm like, why would you do this? Yeah, but, it's dumb. Right, but I feel like they're probably tied up 
somewhere. Here's a question, and maybe I don't know if somebody in the chat knows this or if we could just speculate uh, wildly. Do we know what the deal is if they because obviously Matt Ryan is Constantine, super popular, popular enough that they ported him into this universe from uh, an unrelated show on another network. You're welcome. Thanks to the, the <laughs> ceaseless efforts of our own Lucretia yes. Lyon. And, and no one else. Um, hey, there is a lot of other held lasers out there that have been very instrumental. But, but do yeah. we know if it's like, uh, if they wanted to, could the CW resurrect the Constantine series on their own? Or is it like uh, like the deal Marvel has with the Hulk, where to do a solo movie, they'd have to go through Universal, but they can use him in team stuff? Is it the same thing? Like, no. they can't do a solo hmm. Constantine show, but they can throw him around on the other shows? Well, it was a, a uh, Berlanti uh, production, so... I feel like you could have that on the CW. It's it would just be like when they resurrect a series, but it's on a different network. Oh wait, it was a yeah. Berlanti show. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, so see, this is an important piece yeah. of information that I somehow had no idea about. Okay, so they did that with Supergirl. Yes. Yeah. Same thing with okay. Supergirl. So you'd think you'd think if they could play ball with NBC a little bit, there's a way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how much of a stake that uh, NBC had in that. Frank, get the CW I, I, on the phone. I think that they bought all the rights for the CW because the show is on CW Seed right now, the whole show. Right. So I think that all of that is kind of over and done with. But, yeah, like, that's the thing is I know ZSB Lou says you're probably right because they can't use Slate anymore on Arrow. But, uh, again, I, I agree that that's... That's dumb, DC. And I think that DC, after the success of Marvel, may start pulling out, like, you know, some of this movie-only, TV-only stuff. Just because the TV shows are doing what they're doing so well, so I don't understand why they want to mess with them. And it does seem like they go back and forth a lot, because now we can't use Deathstroke, but we can use Superman? Yeah. Yeah, like that's a, and that's stuff that doesn't make sense. And also they can reference uh Diana. I mean, right, and they, this, they yeah. can like name drop uh Bruce Wayne, Wayne too. Yeah. But that's I mean, look, name drop is different from them yeah. showing up in the full costume, but that one seems weird that like you can't use Deathstroke, but you can use one of the most iconic characters not just in our pantheon but in all of fiction. Well, yeah, in the Flash, I mean, obviously. The Flash is almost yeah. it almost felt like when the Flash became a huge success, somebody had to have gone, "Damn it." Mm-hmm. Like, we shouldn't have let them have it. Uh, yeah, you would think after the kind of disappointment of Justice League at the box office that – and then seeing the the, the very much the, the fan and the critical response to the, the crossover this season, they're like, why don't we just kind of loosen the reins a bit and let them have a little bit more free reign in who they want to bring into this and let them just tell fun stories? Nope. Can't play with Deathstroke. It, it, I, I did not see that. Well, I haven't really been watching much Arrow this season. It's on my DVR just stacking up. But he's because uh, really he came back this season saying I need your help with something, and then that was like his swan song. We did yeah. we did a couple episodes with him, and then yeah, he was out, D- dead out, or just like I got to leave and you'll never see me again, kind of out. I guess does this? Do, I mean, like, is it a spoiler? It's a spo- If yeah. you haven't watched Arrow, non spoilers, he doesn't yes. die. Is it a spoiler yeah. if you say something that doesn't happen? Oh, it yeah, is. Would, it would so. it would mitigate yeah. some of the tension. I hope I hope everybody had time to they, cover they, their ears if they were worried about Arrow spoilers for this. They season. didn't yeah. deadshot him, is what you're saying? No, no, they did not deadshot him. So the. Oh, and that's that. another character that or, just or, needs to come back. Or Amanda Waller him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, so the, the door is open for him to return, much in the way I, I think that, like, you know, Snart was out completely for a bit, and then Wentworth Miller came back and did some stuff. Um, Barrowman definitely has said he was out completely at least one time before and came back. Door's still open for him to return. I, I hope, because I really like Manu Bennett in that role. Um, yeah. Even though he does look like a linebacker in that armor, that's <laughs> not him, that's the armor. Um <laughs> 
but no, I like I like what he and what that team did with that character a lot. So I'm fingers crossed that this is something that they they walk back in a little bit. I would hope so because I mean Matt Reeves in his re envisioning. Who knows if Deadshot's going to be involved in a Batman movie? Who knows if we're ever going to get a sequel to Justice League? So do we have to worry about the setup of Lex Luthor and Deadshot kind of setting up or a Deathstroke setting up their own kind of Injustice League? Who knows. Yeah, and it's the wrong Lex Luthor anyway, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but in the meantime, we'll, we'll let these series that are actively churning out episodes immediately... The good stuff. ...be hamstrung. Yeah. Uh, now, speaking of people adding to the show, though... Yes. Uh, we may not be able to bring a Deathstroke into these series, uh, or, but we can't bring uh, Wally West. We can bring Kid Flash in. Uh, yes, I'm very excited about that, because, because he's such a wonderful character, and I felt like he brought so much to the dynamics on The Flash, but it really felt like for the past... Almost year or so, they really didn't seem to know what to do with him. He wasn't getting a great deal of focus. the The amount of focus certainly I and I think a lot of people felt like the character warranted. So the fact that we did we lost in this crossover a couple of team members at once, uh, yeah, this seems like a no brainer to me, and I'm very excited. Yeah, because as I say, I always felt you know bad because Wally should have been used more on the Flash. I really loved his relationship with his sister, and that really gave her a lot of stuff to do outside of Barry, which she doesn't normally get to do. But it's good that we're at least getting to use Kenyon Longsdale now over here, because, yeah, with the the loss of Jack specifically, who was an engineer, I know they showed Zari doing that a little bit, but now we have someone who's actually trained in this, who will fit good with this team, and will actually get a speedster, which we've yet to really have with the Legends. And as I said, Kenyon's just adorable. Yeah. Yeah, It's, uh, I guess is so much different than actually being in a comic book series where you have more real estate to kind of focus on the supporting characters and tell their own individual storylines that can pay off. Uh, when you only have you know 42 minutes of an episode uh, and you've got to introduce some kind of mystery villain that's going to be the the big kind of art bridge for the whole season. And your ensemble is pretty big. Yeah, it's tough for everybody to get equal love and some people, especially if you're uh, somebody that has a duplicate power set, Yes, I can see why they kind of get keep getting knocked but down. But that's a like a, yeah. a great ancillary benefit of a show like Legends, which yes. can be, you keep your your staples, right? Like Ray and Sarah have been there since the beginning and I imagine that they'll probably be our two yeah. fixtures. Because they're the parents. Right. Yeah. And now I think, I mean, I think Nate, Amaya certainly have pretty, and yeah. Mick, Mick, of course, was there from the beginning. Like, I think they've all really established themselves as pillars and we we have some more recent additions. But, like, people can come and go. So if you're not being uh, properly utilized on one show, jump on over to Legends for a season and we'll actually give you something really fun to do and then maybe we we send you back off to have your own adventure somewhere else. It's this like it's a very cool ancillary function that this show serves. I feel like Arrow could serve by that because it feels like their cast is so huge that it's it could big. stand to use to ship off like Mr. Terrific would be great to send off to the Legends How for the season be? yeah that would be fun because yeah I love Echo and that character like he does actually get a lot narrow which is great considering how big the cast is but yeah I'd love to see him on Legends at least once I'd really like to see an episode of Wild Dog non-verbally <laughs> reacting to every type of thing that the Legends get into <laughs> I will say because out of the new team as much as I love Dinah Drake who's who's Spot on Black Canary, great. Mr. Terrific, because as I say, Echo's a fun guy. But Wild Dog is my favorite just because he's just so... He's so good with Lance. It's like, this is a duo that I they should have their own spinoff. Yeah. We need more characters who yeah. call everybody Hoss. Yeah, Hoss. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we get the whole thing with Malice here. And this is a nice kind of one-off to kind of re, uh, reestablish uh, Zari's importance in terms of going forward. Uh 
in terms of what's, what's going to be needed for Malice, I guess it seems like the rest of the season is going to be focusing on finding out, finding out who else has these other totems. Yes. There are, so we, we have a little bit of a mini Infinity Stone thing happening, I guess. No. I guess so kind of leading Because literally, no, literally, magic, it's just magic rocks, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you? Because it seems like Zari's, exactly which is not, which, by the way, is not a knock on no. Magic Rocks as a storytelling device. Y'all yeah. know I love me some Magic Rocks. I'm just noting that it's similar. Magic Rocks. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to focus on two characters in relation. What? It was a crack rock. I was like, oh yeah, for you guys listening, I was doing a crack pipe motion. You see, kids, crack cocaine yeah. is anyway. is in rock form, there you go. and then it you know can be magical. This is That's what happens just, when Dave's yeah. not here. It's exactly. just all superhero sex and crack cocaine. Yep. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, remember, fault. send those birthday cards, folks, or yep. those uh, those hashtags. What's the hashtag again, Lex? Uh, hashtag happy birth, Dave. Beautiful. Well, because mm-hmm. Dave is always the one that's like, all right, all right. <laughs> and without his mitigating influence, we just we no just cannot saying. be contained. That's right. He is the, he's the mom of the <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow After Show. <laughs> he's yeah. the Sarah Lance. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, uh, I want to focus on two characters. We've got Zari. Yes. We've got Amaya. Uh, both uh, users of the totems. Yes, and both. Well, Amaya's had this for a, uh, already a season already, but that she's got this uh, this thing to her character where she does need to go back to the past to kind of get back set back in 1941, 1942, because mm-hmm. she has to reestablish herself there so she can continue on and keep on going with her descendants so we can get Kawasa and all that stuff. Uh, then we've got Zari, whose big focus is trying to save her family back in 2042. Uh, do we see either of them staying with the Legends after the season, or do we see both of them perhaps leaving? I would really like both of them to stay, because I think that they bring different um, perspectives to the show, and I really like the stuff with Nate and Amaya, and I think as much as I like um, him, I if I saw them go, it would need to be together, just because I wouldn't want to see the sad sack Nate if she were to leave, or vice versa. Just because it's like, you know, this is the happy show. So if they were to leave, it would need to be a pair set, but I think Zari we're just now getting to know, and this is an interesting character. Well. Yeah, I'm with you. It's You forget sometimes because of how much fun the show is, but there really is a, a it might be might be a, a long timer, but we do essentially have a ticking clock for the, the duration of time that Amaya can actually spend as part of this team, because eventually, yeah, they're on a time ship, but they're still all presumably going to age while they're on this time ship. She's only got so many years before she has to go back to her origin point to keep the timeline consistent, in theory. Yeah, as much as I really don't want her to leave the show, and I really don't want both her and Nate to leave the show... That uh, it's tough yeah. because both of them leaving, I think, is more than my heart can handle. But them splitting up might be even worse on me emotionally. But it makes a certain amount of sense. Nate's a historian; like he could, I'm pretty sure he could figure out how yeah. to live in another time. Plus, they have friends with a time traveling ship, and I'm pretty sure they wouldn't leave them without any way of getting in touch. They could drop them like some DVDs and stuff, <laughs> like whenever. Oh. Um, but the biggest thing, though, is that Nate is not. Anyone, there's not like a Kawasa's grandfather, right? So I mean, Oof. so then how does he fit into that picture? He, at least right now, he's not supposed to. So I feel like that is it seems to me the big indicator that he he won't make the journey back. Right? He like yeah. he, uh. as far as we know, he. I mean, look, they they mess up time like every other day, but yeah, like at least on paper right now he can't he can't go with her or if he does there he's just setting both of them up to have their hearts broken even worse down the line 
Or it would make you think that Nate, Nate will be there for a while, but then he must get killed in some fashion. Or, or something. And then mm. uh, Maya moves on with somebody else who then, then becomes uh, Kawasa's grandfather. Uh, there's no version of this that isn't sad. Very true. Uh, but I feel like if they close it off, unlike they did at the beginning of the season where she just kind of ghosted him because she really couldn't right, deal with that. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I feel if they have that proper goodbye, it's going to be sad, but hopefully that, that it won't be as heartbreaking because at least they've had that sense of closure. Right. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. Uh, but Zari, yeah, I, I would like to keep it around, but I just, I, I, like, other than, like, uh, Amaya, I feel like everybody else on the on Legends team is, there's not, like, a, a hook to them being there in the sense, like, like, a ticking clock, as you were saying, Lex. But Zari does have that kind of hook where it's, like, all about saving her family. Saving that, is that, does she have enough reason, like, hey, my family's alive, I want to stick with them, or, like, family's alive, but guys, you're so cool, I want to hang out with you guys, keep traveling through time. I feel like she's yeah. too popular, she's become, especially increasingly now, she's becoming too popular a character, I feel like, unless, uh, you know, uh, uh, she decides to take another job somewhere else, um, I don't think you cut, you just cut the character, I could totally see it being, like, in t- TV, even TV movies, stories do this all the time, where it's like, all right, we've completed my my journey. It's done. I've accomplished my goals. Everything is great, and I'm ready to ride off into the sunset. But you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, you guys are my family. It turns out the real saving my family was the friends I made along the way. And Aww. so I'm just going to ride. It's a time ship. I'll come back. And so, right, like, he could, she could do a version of, like, what Stein's mentality was yeah. until a Nazi killed him. Uh, but was essentially, I'm doing this to have the grand adventure and because you guys are like a family to me. But my intention is very much to return to my family once once we've all partied and saved existence a few times. Mm. <laughs> partied and saved existence. What a way to have a lifestyle. I, I sign me up for that. Ladies and gentlemen, look at this time. We've broken the time loop. Look I at this. Think so. Thanks to your viewers. It, it was all a simulation it created was. by Dave. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, why, that's why Gary is here is because right. yep. Dave thought it was funny. That, I did like that little throwaway bit. Yeah, and then why Gary? Yeah, I thought it was funny. <laughs> uh, but ladies and gentlemen, uh, again, uh, MR Dave Child could only run the simulation. That's why he couldn't be here tonight. But that doesn't mean you can't show him your love. You can do that by one of two ways. Hashtag happy birth Dave. Or the address... Which is 10615 Burbank Boulevard, North Hollywood, California, 91601. That's right. Send him your cards. Tweet him your birthday thoughts. We'll make sure we read all of them on the air and uh, just see if we can make him just weep uncontrollably. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but until then, folks, thanks so much for watching the Legends of Tomorrow After Show. Uh, as always, you can like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And thanks, everybody, for hopping in the chat. If you want to continue the conversation with any of us, though, after the show's over... Lex, where can they find you? I am all over social media at the Lex Michael, and I also do a podcast with Tari J. Miller called Missing Out. We grew up differently. We have different cultural backgrounds. So we found different pieces of art and media. We experienced different things at different times, stuff that we think the other one is missing out on. So we share that art, culture, experiences with each other. It's also a way for us to share our experiences, talk about some fun stuff. Uh, you can find it on uh, uh, Twitter at Missing Outcast, M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T, and then wherever uh, podcasts are located, you find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play. Uh, we do Missing Out Mondays now. It's a short show that we drop on Mondays before our main show drops on Tuesdays. This week we talked to a little Black Panther because we both saw it and we were both very excited. And uh, the episode that dropped today, today's Tuesday, is on uh, Ridley Scott's The Counselor, a uh, little seen and even less loved movie from 2013 that I think is due for a reappraisal because it is dope. Come check out the show, Missing Out. We love it. We love you. Mwah. 
All right, and I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one, and I, too, have a podcast. It's called Mrs. Brightside. It drops every Tuesday, and Dave Child joined me and will be uh, on the podcast in two weeks, so you'll see that one. And then also, Lex, I'm working on him. I'm doing it. And please tweet happy at Happy Go Jackie for what you want Frank to have on the bright side since he's having a little trouble coming up with it. Also, Horror TV Weekly is now on Thursdays at 6 p.m., and I think that's it. Look at that. Yeah. I have nothing, guys. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was fortunate to be on the Schmodown. Hopefully, I got uh, this may not be the first uh, uh, or last time you've seen me on that show. So uh, <laughs> fingers crossed. I get another. I get another match. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. Until then, folks, we'll see you back here for next, another episode of the Legends of Tomorrow After Show next Tuesday night, right here on AfterBuzz TV. Mm-hmm. Speed off. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Happy, Happy birthday! Express herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.